0: everybody, and welcome back to Team Titan Wasteland. I'm Hub. I just bought a Pontiac Aztec. It's pretty cool. It's the vehicle that I found that looks the most like the G.I. Joe bridge layer, so I got that going for me. How about you guys? Did you just buy Pontiac Aztecs? You did? All of you? Wow, that's impressive. Anyway, on to the story. Of the Teen Titans, as it continues to unfold, this time in Teen Titans number 8. You guys ready for this shit? I hope so. Of course you're ready. You have Pontiac Aztecs. Good on ya. Synopsis. Teen Titans number 8. April, 1967. Written by Bob Haney. drawn by Irv Novik. A killer called Honeybun. Teen Titan roll call. Kid Flash. Robin. Aqualad. Wonder Girl. The Titans are chilling in their secret lair, going over some fan mail. Kid Flash is lamenting the fact that they are not quite as popular as the Beatles. Tough break, kid. A letter that Robin decides not to bother letting the other Titans read summons the heroes to the town of Lansford, a small American city that is having some difficulties with their foreign exchange program. A group of basically neo-Nazi assholes, called the Vigilantes, is violently opposed to all things foreign. The rest of the town is opposed to the Vigilantes, who as I mentioned, are assholes. Did I mention that both sides made picket signs? Because both sides totally made picket signs. Hooray! To make things even better, the vigilantes have misspelled all of their picket signs because they are stupid racist assholes. Double hooray! Lansford has three foreign exchange students. Sama from India, Ahmed from Africa, and Hans from Europe. Strangely, all are white. Huh. Suddenly, a car screeches up and informs everyone that Honeybun, a giant robot that the town research facility has built for the government, has been stolen. That escalated quickly. The town suspects Hans because he's been acting suspicious and isn't from America. The vigilantes try to attack Hans because if there's one thing neo-Nazis can't stand, it's blonde, blue-eyed Germans. Fortunately, the Teen Titans are on the scene to pummel the shit out of the racists and sneak the foreigners away from the crowd. The Titans send the students off, but Robin has Kid Flash follow Hans, because even though Hans seems like a good guy, he is still from Europe, and therefore untrustworthy. Robin's xenophobia pays off, because Kid Flash soon radios that he has tracked Hans to a secret barn where he has been keeping the inexplicably named Honeybun. When the gang shows up in their helicopter, Hans uses a remote control to make Honeybun take a swipe at them. What the fuck, Hans? Kid Flash snatches the remote and is about to grab Hans when some creepy-looking dude that Hans calls Larner pulls up and starts shooting a gun at Hans. Hans runs off and Larner tells the Titans that he is a scientist who was working on Honey Bun. Well, if you can't trust a creepy-looking stranger who shoots guns at teenagers, then who can you trust? So the teens turn the giant killer robot over to Larner, who says he will return it to the research facility, and they go off searching for the runaway German. Unfortunately, the vigilantes find Hans first and are about to tar and feather him when the Titans show up. A fight ensues and the teen heroes end up tarring and feathering the vigilantes, which is satisfying, but also kind of horrific as they appear to be using hot asphalt tar. Hans explains to the Titans that Larner is the real villain. Hans recognized him as a spy from his homeland and stole Honeybun to keep it out of Larner's scheming hands. The fact that Larner has not turned in the robot yet seems to support Hans' story, so Hans and the Titans take to their chopper to search for Honeybun. At first, they can see no sign of the adorably named killer robot, but Robin's keen eyes spot a 50-foot bear mascot that is being driven to the big football game where the Lansford Bears will be playing Smedleyville. Smedleyville, huh? Maybe Garn will be there. As soon as the giant bear gets past the roadblock that the police have set up, it sheds its skin and reveals itself to be in fact a giant robot, being driven by a normal-sized jerkwad named Larner. Larner rushes Honeybun into the back of a spruce goose-looking plane that had been waiting at the Smedleyville Airport. Kid Flash digs up the runway to keep the plane from taking off, but Larner and his purloined robots start going on a rampage through Smedleyville. Larner is frustrated to find that the Titans have evacuated the town and there's no one there for him to terrorize, so he starts attacking the teen heroes. The gang is not faring particularly well against the spy and his mechanical menace, when Robin fires a derringer filled with sand, which gets into Honeybun's joints and grinds the rampage to a halt. Hooray! Larner is arrested and everyone in the town demonstrates their gratitude towards our heroes in the best way possible by making pro-Titan picket signs. Triple hooray! Alright, joining us once again is my brother Corey. Hello, Cory. Hey hub. How's it going? It's going swell. How are you going? I am well. I bought a Pontiac Aztec. Congratulations. Thank you. That's a delightful vehicle. It's
1: not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, what'd you think? I enjoyed it. It kind of ratcheted down the weirdness a a little bit from the issue with Beast Boy. Yeah, a a little bit, I guess. I thought it ratcheted it up from
0: the Mad Mod, though. A little bit. And I actually really enjoyed this one.
1: Which brings me,
0: first of all, just right off the bat, want to get this out of the way, okay? Like, uh, like you didn't... Oh! Picket signs! Picket signs! (laughs) That's what that means. I know that sound. Oh, man. Once again, we had picket signs, and they were fucking awesome. That's true. So, for those of you keeping score, that does bring the count. I believe it is now uh, four to seven for picket signs versus no picket signs, Mm -hmm. which is not bad. We started off, the first three had picket signs, and then we haven't seen picket signs for about seven issues, Mm -hmm. which was troubling. Yeah. And they're back and with a vengeance, and I loved it. Yep. Yeah, it kind of started and ended with picket signs in a way. Yeah, bracketed the issue. Yeah. One thing I didn't love about it is Nick Carty wasn't on this issue again.
1: I thought the teens looked a little different.
0: Yeah, it's a guy named Irv Novick was doing the art this time and hmm. he actually has a somewhat similar background to Bill Molno who did the fill in mm. on I think it was issue 6. Mm-hmm. Which I think he does a good job. I think he does a better job overall than Molno does. Mm-hmm. But there's still a thing where they both do where the Wonder Girl specifically, they give her kind of mm-hmm. sunken cheeks that mm-hmm. make her mm-hmm. look a little bit worse for wear. Yeah. It's not as bad as she looked in, in issue six, but it, but it is still just like, huh, Irv Novick, like Bill Molno, primarily known for doing romance
1: and war comics. And I did notice in this issue as well that the teens, like a lot of the drawings that focused on the faces had a more uh almost like childlike aspect to them than really? some of the others except for Wonder Girl and specifically with Aqualad there's a bunch of panels where I saw that and I thought oh they look really teenagery this time instead of you know how sometimes they kind of vacillate between teens and like or just between child and adult yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah, there's a bit of teeniness about them. Mm-hmm. Not that
0: they're very small, but uh you know, teenageriness. Right. I also wanted to just, while we're here, I, I would like to maybe apologize for the last episode. Oh, we yeah. went a little <laughs> bit off the rails in terms of our mm, <laughs> drunkenness. That's fair. That's Yeah. Yeah, yeah these two booze Icaruses flew a little bit too close to the sun <laughs> and it uh, melted our wax of coherence and we plummeted to the earth. Yeah, so,
1: I... sorry about that. I'll try to do better, but, you know... If you didn't try that hard, you know, thank, thank <laughs> you. And I'm sure you understand. Yes. Thank
0: you, and we're sorry. I'd say it won't happen again, but you know what? We'll fucking <laughs> see. <laughs> Back to the issue at hand. It opens with a pretty rad scene of they're going through their fan mail, and they're starting to feel their hubris a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They get a letter from somebody who's like, next to the Beatles, you four, you're my favorite four people. Mm-hmm. And instead of being like, oh man, that's awesome. Kid Flash is like... He can't handle it. What the <laughs> fuck? We're better than the Beatles? <laughs> and he grabs a guitar
1: <laughs> and, starts, uh, and starts hamming it up. You know? Yeah.
0: It's a weird panel where his face is like super distorted. I wonder if he's using his super speed to stretch his head out. But he's crooning and singing a, a parody, I believe it is. Uh, he proclaims that they're they're better than those mop heads. And is singing, All I want to do is hold your foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Twang twang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's twang twang and hard. Oh, my and uh yeah. <laughs> it's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. I, I like anything where it really puts like a timestamp on it and is like, this is when this happened. Mm-hmm. And that does that as much as anything else in the issue. Nineteen sixty seven. Okay. Indeed. I brought up too that uh Irv Novik has a background in war comics mm-hmm. and the group of bad guys, the the basically racist neo Nazis that they're they fight. a
1: bunch of brown shirts.
0: Yeah, they're wearing basically... I call them neo-Nazis in the synopsis. Not just because they're, you know, racist, xenophobic dicks. Mm -hmm. They're they're literally wearing the uniform. They're literally wearing, like, Nazi uniforms. With a V instead of a swastika. But they've got
1: armbands and Mm -hmm. they're wearing... Yeah, they're wearing the whole uniform. Which is weird. And they're also drawn in that same way that all of the, you know, vaguely Eastern European bad Bad guys guys, have been drawn in, in every... Issue that I've seen. So that was consistent. Right. Although we do have a vaguely Eastern European good guy in Mm -hmm. this
0: issue, Hans. I called the vigilantes racist, and that may not be entirely fair to them, as all of the foreign exchange students, including Ahmed from Africa, Africa. (laughs) seem to be white. Yeah. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah, there's Ahmed from Africa and Sama Mm -hmm. from India. India. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Hans from Europe. Yeah, from Europe. I, I gotta say... It's a big place. They couldn't... I appreciate that if they're going to have Ahmed be from Africa,
1: mm-hmm.
0: from the country of Africa, that they have Hans be from the country of Europe. That's
1: <laughs> it's, it's, it's just all it's one
0: parody country. It's a parody, not parody, that you rarely see in, in comic books because really... Throughout the eighties, Africa is referred to as though it were a single place, and mm-hmm. it's nice to see that get flipped and done to Europe too.
1: I almost wondered though why they why they did that specifically with with Europe, like they didn't want to come out and say like we don't like Germany. I think
0: it's a an issue that Bill Haney or that Bob Haney has in general where. He does not like to get specific about what countries he is. Mm -hmm. I think he may not have just wanted to talk to DC editorial Mm -hmm. and and been like, so in the DC universe, which countries are there? Because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of made up countries and Mm -hmm. I think they may have had a policy where they don't want to tie things down to specifics for Mm -hmm. other countries. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of surprised that they included India. Mm -hmm. I I think Bob Haney may have thought that was not a country. (laughs) Oh, it's pretty but large. it was just a large region. It looks like a continent. Um, yeah, the subcontinent. Yeah, close enough. Right. There is a weird turn too, like where they're, they're saying goodbye to all the foreign exchange students. Ahmed says "Salam." Mm-hmm. Han says, "Like, see you later." And Sama, the woman from India, says, mm-hmm. "Until we see thee." I, I took Is the, she from Middle Earth?
1: <laughs> I took it as Taney's attempt to be like, um, well, they, they speak the Queen's English over there. Okay. And they still talk like Shakespeare. Fair enough. Where did he get that idea? I, I, I'm I projecting. I don't know.
0: I wasn't sure if it was him just saying, like, well, they're, they're a backward people. They're behind the times. They're still living in the 17th century. Well, and therefore they speak 17th century English.
1: And that's not the only place in this issue where that strange turn of phrase happens, where it sounds old timey. There's a panel earlier in there, which which is one of my favorite bits of dialogue. It's Kid Flash, and it's when early on, when when Robin is going off to you know dragging all the teens along with him to do something, mm-hmm. he says, "Where sloucest thou with furrowed brow?" I missed that. That's rad. I'm gonna look and, at that and, right now, and really strange too. Oh yeah, Kid Flash one. says that.
0: Yeah.
1: Huh. Weird, right? That's pretty rad. <laughs> yeah. Or slouches. I, I actually it, and the reason I remembered it is because I had to read it a few times because I couldn't figure out what slouch what he what he meant. Yeah, well, that's like, oh, fair. Okay, he's slouching away. <laughs> but With like, a furrowed brow. Old timey style. Right.
0: Which does lead to that's the other thing is Robin once again is just like he gets this letter and is like, all right, everybody in the chopper, we're going. Yeah, definitely. And they're like, what does the letter say? It's like, yeah, I'll tell you on the way. Yeah. But yeah, he's very much just like taking charge of things. He's the leader. Yeah, I guess.
1: No, but he literally, somebody says, he's the leader. <laughs> we have to beat him up. Yeah. Later on that's the fair. Is year.
0: that what the, what the vigilantes say? Yeah, I think so. Man, those vigilantes. Jerks.
1: <sighs> so, so they did have picket signs.
0: They did have picket signs, and I loved that all of their picket signs were misspelled. Oh, yeah. To to make sure that you knew that they were in the wrong and they were the bad guys, mm-hmm. which was awesome. It was good. They had signs that they were spelling student with two O's. Oh, yeah. Um, exchange was had no E at the beginning, mm-hmm. which made me think that maybe it was like an X-Men tie-in, but mm. it, it, it isn't. No. So I said that the Titans hurry into their helicopter. We find out how they pay for their helicopter. I wrote that down as well. They are fucking bounty hunters.
1: They are like uh, pre dog,
0: pre dog, post Boba Fett bounty hunter. Bounty <laughs> hunter. Post Boba Fett because that was a long time ago in a galaxy far, 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 far away. Yeah, no, I but got you. Not, nah, I mean, it was, the movie didn't hadn't come out yet that featured Boba. Fett. No, we're good. So they could call their helicopter the Slave too. The helicopter is pretty dope. I, it's, they it. have a different helicopter this time. This one's uh, purple and white striped mm-hmm. instead of the solid red helicopter they were using before.
1: And the old one was like a like a Magnum Pi style like Easter egg mm-hmm. shaped helicopter. Yeah, and this, and this is this, more elongated. Like it's more like a stretch of, helicopter. Yeah, more like Airwolf. Okay, I don't
0: think I don't think it's Airwolf.
1: It's not. It I don't think it has me.
0: any Airwolf capabilities. Correct. <laughs> hey, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Well, yeah. No, <laughs> I don't they think didn't. they had gotten that many bounties for. Collected that many rewards for the criminals they'd turned in, and they didn't have the that nineteen eighties technology. Yeah, that's true. So they had some pretty decent technology, like the robot Honey Bun. Which, okay, can we talk about the name? (laughs) Yeah, why? I have no idea. And it's clear that they know that it's a weird name because they put right on the cover. There's nothing cute or sweet about a killer called Honey Bun. And so I see that, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to find out why this robot is called Honeybun. Never- Was somebody raising it as their child. Is it shaped like a pastry? Yeah. But no, there's no explanation. Nope. It's just the robot is called Honeybun. Mm-hmm. And it's a weird, like, tripod-looking, That's War what the world style of the Worlds-style robot. Do you remember who wrote the those? Remember those? The tri- day tri- the tripods came? Yeah. Yeah. Those were, or Triffids?
1: No, try The, the, yeah, the, the day the, the tripods came. The yeah, where you have to wear the, the foil hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. It reminded me of that. It was yeah, creepy. it did to me, too. It was very creepy. But the name is Goofy as Hell. And I also kept misreading it as um, the, the porta potty named the Honeybucket. I was like, oh, God,
0: Honeybucket. I kept everybody. calling it Honeybucket too in my mind, and as I was writing out the synopsis, I kept typing it wrong, and I kept <laughs> writing Heinebucket. bun, Which heiny is bun. just redundant. Bun bun. <laughs> Heinebun.
2: Oh. Butt
0: bun. So the scientist, Larner, who's working on Butt Bun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, Working on the honey bucket. There's the scene, so he shows up and he tries to
1: shoot Hans. Yeah, what a dick. Like, out out of the 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 gate. And the Titans are just like, well...
0: I know. That's fine. His
1: explanation is, I told the teenager to stop, and he didn't, so I had to
0: try and Right, I mean, I'm a scientist. He's not any kind of, like, government official or cop or anything, and he doesn't pretend to be any of those things. Mm-hmm. But he does have some kind of, like, he's like, I'm a scientist, I work at a research facility. And he has, like, a lapel button that has a picture of his face on it that looks like a badge. I was like, do I just have a scientist badge that has your face on a bronze medallion?
1: It's a really weird I totally missed that. I'm gonna show Show you. He's preoccupied with the fact that this dude got out of a car and like tried to shoot a kid. Well that's okay, that's fair. But if you look a little bit closer, yeah, see? You are correct.
0: He's gotta like a look at it to them. And he shows it to them as he says, Well well, I told him I was a scientist and I have this... I've got belt. a button with a picture of myself on it. And they're like, oh, okay, that's fine. Then you shoot it however many quarantines you want yeah, to. Was... Hope you hit the next one. Yeah, that kid was trouble. And then they just turn the, the robot over to him because he has a picture of himself.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and he's a scientist. Well, probably yeah. the lead scientist, although he didn't go so far as to, to say that. Which I was, you I think surprised the, surprised. the Titans just thought he was being humble? Yeah.
0: He seems like a solid guy. He seems like a jerk right out of the gate.
1: He does. So this thing with Hans from Europe, yes, I think establishes what I'm beginning to believe is kind of a trend in storytelling that the Teen Titans really like to employ. It, it's basically like somebody's being framed, yeah, for something. Like this happened in the issue with the Separated Man. Mm-hmm. This happened in the issue with the Flips, mm-hmm. and now poor Hans. Yeah, well, so. you, you have to have a,
0: a feint or, or, like, is this what's going on? Or is set up somebody as a red herring? But I mean, it's not a red herring because it's a it's an integral part of the plot that mm-hmm. this person is being framed and then they didn't do it. They mm-hmm. have to prove somebody innocent. It's definitely a it running works. trope. I think you'll find that in most detective fiction. You'll have an initial suspect and mm-hmm. then they're proven innocent. Mm-hmm. These uh... Beast Boy also. Yeah, Beast Boy. Well, what was Beast Boy innocent of? He
1: wanted to be accepted so bad. He didn't realize that he had been hypnotized to hypnotize the other people to make them steal money. Okay, but he did do it. I, it was a that's a bad example. A, it was a terrible example. I'm sorry. I miss Peace Boy. I wish you me was too. A issue. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back Peace Boy.
0: Oh man, too late. You need some picket signs to yeah rally troops in favor of. Sorry, Peace I Boy. interrupted you. You were saying. I don't remember. So, after Hans escapes from the Titans and runs away, he gets picked up by the Vigilantes. And because if there's one thing that Nazis hate, it's blonde, blue-eyed Germans. Oh, wait a minute. Enemies in nature. It's weird. And, you know, kind of refreshing, I guess, in a Mm. weird way, Mm. that their xenophobia outweighs their racism, Mm -hmm. which is nice. Yeah. It's not nice. They should just be nice. But yeah, they are not nice to the extent that they are about to tar and feather Hans. I remember being a kid and hearing about that shit and thinking like, ah, that's kind of funny. That's a They, they make yeah. that person look like a bird. Yeah, chicken. Tar would burn you. Yes. When they did it in old timey times, mm-hmm. they would generally use pine tar, which you don't need to heat up to apply. Mm. And so it would be sticky and... Mm it would be awful to get off of you and you would end up tearing out your hair and it mm-hmm. would be very unpleasant and painful and humiliating. Mm-hmm. But not to the point where it would disfigure necessarily or kill you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The way that the hot asphalt tar that the ventilantes are heating up
1: mm-hmm.
0: would almost certainly do to Hans or anybody else, especially if, like some of them, they're trying to dunk Wonder Girl into a barrel of hot tar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thankfully she's not having it. She's not having it, but then the Titans decide what they're going to do is tar and feather the vigilantes, which is horrifying. Kid Mm -hmm. Flash takes hot tar out of this barrel that has a fire under it that is heating up road tar, and he smears it all over their faces, Mm -hmm. and then puts feathers on them,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and is cracking wise about it at the time. Yeah, yeah, he's exuberant about doing Mm -hmm. this, which is scary, Mm -hmm. and... Makes me worry about them. It would be like if they walked in on a lynching and are like, oh, and then they decided to hang the people from, like, the mm. people that were attempting lynch, to lynch, lynch from the, the roach. Yeah, which I'm not saying they shouldn't do that. I don't care for lynchers. Mm. I think that they should get some mm. come up and certainly. But it's not what I look for teenager teenage heroes from the 60s to be too Old Testament. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, eye it's, for it's an a, eye kind of.
1: It's a bit much, and I found it kind of disturbing. Tar and feather for tar and feather. Yeah, well, they were pretty pissed off about the bad guys hurling that wand of hot tar uh, at Robin, Robin and telling him to have a have a hot tar facial pretty boy. He is pretty. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> There's a scene in which, I forget the, the name of those masks that they wear, like the Lone Ranger has It's a one. domino mask. Domino mask. And uh, I think it was maybe just the particular printing run of this one, but it's got that kind of pixelated sort of polka dot-y like mm-hmm. skin tone. Yeah. And it shows through the eye holes in the mask of, oh. of these panels. And it's creepy as shit because it makes Robin look super, like, ghosty. Like, possessed. hmm I'll bear that in mind. Yeah. I think it was, it was right around the time of the, the tar facial threats <laughs> that he got. <laughs> and, oh, man, when that's happening, Kid flashes in the background and he looks, like, just abjectly horrified. Well, it's scary. that Yeah. Like, Robin, <laughs> you're, you're beautiful. face. Oh. <laughs> Look out!
2: Oh.
0: <laughs> He's really horrified. Yeah, oh man, that'll furrow his brow. Any day. Let's see, what else? There's a giant bear.
1: That's pretty cool. Yeah. And and the connection, too. That, that... To,
0: to Smedleyville.
1: Yeah. I didn't catch that, actually, when I read it. That was good. Yeah, I enjoyed me. that. I, I, I yeah. wonder if Garn will be
0: coming back. I think I don't if know he sure. was going to, I think he probably yeah. would have at, at that point. I think it's unfortunate that Smedleyville, we don't get to find out what their mascot is. But I like that it's a reference
1: to a pre-existing community. hmm Yep. I enjoyed that. I think that was the writer writers having a bit of fun I also like that this town's football team has a mascot which is a, a giant 50foot bear it's impossibly huge and like it's not a cartoony bear
0: it's a fairly realistic looking bear it looks pretty uh, as the kids would say derpy is that what the kids say <laughs> yeah like the bear is <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like it's a doofy, it's a doofy looking bear but it is it is not like a cartoony bear it's you know mm-hmm. a bear looking bear.
1: Oh yeah, no, it's 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 totally recognizable as a bear, but it does kind of look like it's like if it had a thought bubble, it would be going like. Isn't that what bears would generally be thinking? Uh, I don't know. I saw a video of a bear the other day that got trapped under a like a suburban or some sort of SUV, and when it got out, it just like attacked the shit out of the thing and like was biting the tire. And no, I think that thing was thinking like 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 a ferocious bear. Yeah, that's not thinking. Yeah, exactly. Okay, was thinking like. Fair enough. <laughs> my bear accent is only slightly better than my French. Accent. <laughs> yeah. um, so, yeah, that actually brings me... I don't know if you want to get to panels yet. Sure. That's my favorite panel. Just it, the bear? Yeah. Well, no, it takes not,
0: like when the, not when the... The robot is busting out of the bear because no. that's actually pretty cool. It's cool, but that it's was disturbing. Cr-
1: yeah, that was creepy as shit. I actually did not like that. I made like this involuntary like Ugh! <laughs> sound when I saw that. Like, I know it's not a bear because bears aren't fifty feet tall or right. whatever. But yeah, it is super creepy. It reminded me of uh, Alien when the thing bursts from the guy's chest. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, no, it's it's stressful. <laughs> like, honey bucket? No, I mean oh. or honey bun. It's so like, that's a creepy ass robot. It is a very
0: it is a creepy robot. So my favorite panel, uh, there there were a couple that I had to choose from. Kid Flash doing his Beatles impression mm. is was really high up there. That is priceless. But seeing as it was there, I gotta go with. The picket signs. Oh, okay. The, the scene where you first see the picket signs. The ones at the end are good, too. They are. Mm-hmm. But the ones where you see the vigilantes with their shitty, mm-hmm. poorly spelled picket signs versus mm-hmm. the teens with their mm-hmm. pro-acceptance
1: mm-hmm. picket signs. It made me, it, it warmed my heart. I, I enjoyed that as well. And and that, in fact, brings me my favorite. It's not really slang. Okay. But a turn of phrase that I saw on a picket sign. Okay, What what was that? And that was the one that was in response to the, like, students, yeah. foreign, bad yeah. sign was the one. One of the, the kids protesting the protesters mm. had one that said, just simply, foreign students, cool cats. <laughs> I liked that,
0: too. I think for slang for me, it came down to I really enjoyed the, uh, the old English, the until we meet thee again, the use of the word thee. I enjoyed that. But I think I'm going to go with, it's once again, the intro. Where Bob Haney busts out. I'm just gonna read the whole intro. It's Titan time again, but then isn't it always time for creeps, crumbs, and cruds to make it open season on the grooving jet setters of the comics world? I, I liked that.
1: I like that too. actually that was in contention that like just the this idea that they are grooving jet setters of the comics yeah, world. Okay. They, they are. Which yeah, they've literally been places on jets. They have, with rock stars. Yes. Yeah. 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 A rock star.
0: they more frequently helicopter setting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah they've they've set two places on jets they're groovy Mm -hmm. they are indeed i did want to bring up before before we get to favorite titans i wanted to bring up i thought it was weird that robin in his utility belt carries a fucking derringer yeah why why is that weird well because batman is so violently opposed to guns i think it's weird that robin has a gun I mean, granted, it's it's clearly some kind of an adapted gun that he mm-hmm. calls it a pneumatic derringer. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly what he means by that, except for that instead of bullets, which I think he did have bullets in it initially because he says they, they just clang off of the honey bun-like pellets. So he's somehow able to fill a gun with sand to fire it into the joints of the robot to, yes. to gum up its works. That was ridiculous. It's a little bit iffy. You're right, Corey. That was the part that didn't make sense.
1: That was the only part... I know. Other than that, we're,
0: we're just telling believe. a nice, really, uh, like, cinema verite-style story sure. here. And sure. then they had to mess everything up by believing that a robot could get sand in its joints.
1: Oh, no, that part was was. Plausible. Oh, was that
0: he fired the sand out of a gun?
1: I, and out of a pneumatic Derringer, which I'm going to go ahead and call a pellet gun. Derringer <laughs> is not a pellet gun. A pellet gun with a bunch of barrels? And uh he stuffs sand into the muzzle and then shoots it twenty feet into the air to the degree yeah. that it cripples this giant robot that's destroying. I still I don't think Robin everything. should have a gun. That's right. It disturbs. I'm I'm not arguing with that. Okay. Yeah. Maybe by pneumatic he meant it just shoots air. Maybe. Is that what pneumatic means? Pneumatic means uh yeah, a thing that shoots air. Okay. Good or to know. Or it means a thing that's powered by air. Oh, okay. Like it, like I guess those it's an, rangers, an air gun like the mechanics. Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's, that's air. Making that noise.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair enough. I still don't think you should have it. Okay. So, who is your favorite Titan? I had a tough time picking out a favorite Titan in this issue. However, and you probably won't be surprised, that once again, and for two reasons, my favorite Titan in this issue is Kid Flash. Okay. One, because of him making fun of the Beatles. And yeah, that he does a great song. job. And also, though, just getting shit done, as usual, in which... When a uh, doctor, uh, I almost said Lannister, Lang Larner Lerner is <laughs> trying to escape in his plane, which looks kind of like the Spruce Goose with it the totally robot does. in the yeah. back. Kid Flash goes out and runs really fast in a giant square shape. Right, area. he digs basically a, a tiger pit in the middle of the. Yeah
0: runway and and he crashes the plane and it
1: prevents dr larner lannister from taking it
0: and he he really i hate to say it but kid flash is my favorite one in this issue too because i want to try to find somebody different to disagree with just so that Mm. we can have a little bit of a broader base but the beatles impression is the main reason but also anytime anything needs to be done in this issue Mm -hmm. robin's just like kid flash go do this Mm -hmm. he's the only person who really uses his powers i mean wonder girl does in fighting the vigilante and there are a couple of nice scenes where, like, no, it was the cover. Aqualad sw- swims up there. It's on the cover, but it does also happen in the issue. But it just like there's no mention of it. It's just background fighting, which makes mm-hmm. me think that it's something that Irv Novick came up with as mm-hmm. a thing to do, where he knocks over a fire hydrant and then kind of swims up the fire hydrant spout at the robot, mm-hmm. which yeah. is really cool.
1: Yeah, cinematic even.
0: And there's another thing where the yeah, where the other Titans throw. The vigilantes into a lake, and he's just waiting at the bottom
1: of the lake to punch them, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. pretty cool. And he punches them not just so that they're like, oh, you punched me underwater." Like he punches them out of the lake oh, yes. through the air and like onto the distant shore. Like well, that, he's is, got that sea was that was strength and arms. Man. I would say so. That was impressive. So, I I actually had a, a backup favorite Titan. Was it may, Aqualad? No, this may surprise you. It was, in fact, Robin. Why? Because... Because he had a gun? No. <laughs> because... Oh, Brooke, no disagreement on the... Okay. The gun thing. That makes perfect sense in light of his mentor's strong feelings on I'm just saying the subject. Uh, Batman did start
0: out carrying a gun in the 40s.
1: I did not know that.
0: He In his very early appearances, he had two guns that he would carry and he would shoot people. Yeah, you just think
1: that would give him... A bad feeling. Anyway. I I would hope that would give anyone a bad feeling. (laughs) um, No, Robin, because usually he's sort of the brains of the operation. He's bossing everybody around. Um, In this issue, he's got a real sort of brawler thing going on. He's punching people out left and right. and Yeah, it's kind of... He He does some karate. He He karate chops the signs uh out of some vigilantes. That's fun. Yeah, they're trying to hit him over the head. They're like, oh, this sign makes a great bat. And he's like, no, it makes a good karate practice thing. Chop. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just, the physicality of him literally fighting crime was um, enjoyable to me, but not as cool as Kid Flash. Yeah. Well, and Robin didn't do any cool Beatles impressions. No. No. And I don't think he
0: ever will. No. It's not his way. mm -hmm there was a nice uh, in the letters column there was somebody did mention like somebody writing from england actually mm. wrote and was like can't you make them have longer hair so that i can relate to them more <laughs> oh, like wow. all of my cool friends oh wow um which i thought was kind of fun mm. wow sign of the times yeah. it's like a time capsule reading these. It, yeah it's yeah. great I, i've really been enjoying it mm. Um, and we hope that you've been enjoying it, too. I want to do a quick plug. My friends uh, Miles and Rachel host a podcast that I bet you probably all listen to. It's much more popular than ours, but they do a podcast called Rachel and Miles Explain the X-Men. Mm. And it's great. It is great. And uh, I got some very nice feedback from, from them earlier today, which was nice. And if you are not listening to it, you should be. It's great. Yep. I would also just throwing around plugs the outro music is by uh sticks Downey, and it's great too and i think on this one i'm gonna let the whole song play so that you can hear the whole song and check it out it's really good it's off the album when the belt changes hands and you should all go buy that album if you can and check out check out the new stuff by Walkin' uh because that's great too yeah any final thoughts Corey? nope fair enough thanks guys <laughs>
2: To knock the tribal on, band off your best bro You're next though, so best believe you me When I swear to God like I was Winton Dupree My name is Johnny Walk and I can spout for days I keep it dignified like old Alfred Hayes I made the scene but when I hooked up Tivo, I decided that I'm through being cool like T V. So I divide my time between the TV I'm watching And spending nights online, pocket sneakers and auctions But that's the life of BTV I guess On the couch, yo, beast feed line on my chest I don't obsess, and stress; stressed, I'm still calm and collected Spending time with these rhymes that have gone neglected I abuse the text, so we'll see who's next To get the set rack from my side suit Place. Some will know my name. And they know it. Johnny walking fuss, I got a job to do. And they know it. Already got you choking, yeah, you turning blue. You should hook up a 9V, fill you full of needles, till you look like a pine tree, a mainline, or just a trick in the ploy to get you up for more, like Mark Renton and Sick Boy. I pass the pit because I'm playing the point with a pedal to the metal, like a mj Voice. So while my skills are quick and my words are wily, you keep playing the dumb guy like John C. Riley. When the weekend comes, I make a pot of coffee, kick back and watch Big Daddy Kane and Posse write rhymes so fast I'll have you try and fin-fin. You better dream more like you a Brian Ben. You get no reception like a broken tune, a rhyme so recycled the label post consumer. You can't compete. My words slick like real green, and I take. It to the limit like a lyrical kill screen Some
1: will know
2: my name And they know it Jolly and fuss, I got a job to do I am going to And they know it And I got the gumption so I see it through kiss, it makes it sick like Osmanet. Sing stuff like a guy in a tight suit, and I got more beats than my man twice shrewd It's quite moot, cause while you're humming your next hook, I'm kicking out words like a pun in a textbook. I'm not saying I'm a Mensa member, but if my head cocks back like a Pez dispenser, hold out your hands, I'm dispersing the sweet stuff. Words so rough, I'll leave your ear drum scuffed. So yo, check this, you look smart so you know, I'm serving MCs like I was already Bucca. Sticks is it, and yeah, I'm making that known. Wit so quick, my brain strains my backbone. I keep coming back like Moises Salute, with a chosen few, and I'm destroying you. Some will know my name. And they know it. Johnny Walk and Fuss, I got a job to do. I am going to enjoy you. And they know it. Search your fields, you know it to be true.